0: Back in the football sheds. My name is John Hewitt. Jeff King is here. Good day. Roger Gibbs is here. Good evening. How are you going, Roger? What are you <laughs> drinking today? Good evening. Good evening. <laughs> <laughs> this is the nine o'clock News. Uh, yeah, I'm right. Yeah, good. You on what are you on? Venom beers. Jeff, you on the champagne again? Wedding
1: champagne. I actually am going to be really sad when the wedding champagne runs out. How many bottles you got left? Well, I get through a bottle every podcast, <laughs> and we've got twelve bottles left. So <laughs> by the Christmas break. I'll have to get the shop and buy well, more. Well, it's probably good timing, really. Well, it's a good time to run out of champagne in time for Christmas. Well, yeah, because then you're you going to buy more anyway, because it's Christmas. Oh, I might get a yeah. case. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: we are The Football Shed. We're here every week recording in Jeff's Shed, hence the name. Um, we're three English blokes based in Melbourne. Um, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify, exciting new Spotify things. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review, subscribe, tell your mates... And if you want to get in contact with us, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Not many emails coming in at the moment, so if anyone wants to send us an email, get in contact with us.
2: I've got a technical question, John. Oh, yeah? Can you subscribe on Spotify?
1: No.
0: You can only subscribe on iTunes. when you press subscribe and it automatically comes in. Yeah. Spotify, you just have to check from your own personal... Or
1: other, other podcast apps that aren't Apple-based. Like, if you're on an Android, you can subscribe yes. on your Android podcast app. App. Yes. And does
2: that true. go through Spotify? What? No. No. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> Did you know that you can send emojis on WhatsApp? Yes. They <laughs> were like you press a little button and. All of these different options come up with lots of with all the different pictures. I feel like I'm being patronized. No, 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 no! I thought you had to learn them or something. Like you had to learn the emoji. Well, I've got Spotify. I listened on Spotify. I used to wonder how people like were so quick and witty. You know, you'd say something like "oh, a banana," and then suddenly someone would banana emoji you. Yeah. I thought that you guys had just been studying know, and you, you knew the the shorthand for banana emoji I didn't realise there was like a what do you mean shorthand well I don't know I'm, I'm not we type banana and a picture of banana comes up no that doesn't happen to me yeah. I just get an iPhone that's crazy next week we'll be launching our technology podcast <laughs>
0: Well, we'll learn how to use the internet. Tune in. Do you remember when your know, like parents and grandparents
1: used to go on yeah. computer
0: courses? Oh my god. You, you had to learn how to type Do you on know, word.
1: <laughs> Sorry, we'll get into the football, but my gran when my gran got a mobile phone, right? She um I might have even told this story on the pod before a few years ago when my grand got a mobile phone. She kept it plugged in so it wouldn't run out of batteries yeah. and she kept it plugged in next to the phone so that she knew where it was. I'm like, "Grand, that's just you've missed the whole point completely. You can, you can go. What, what are you going to do?
2: Did she have like a long cord so she could no, move no, no, around it was the just, house
1: more? It was just plugged in and, and on the phone table. She was, she's old, she had a phone table, like where she put the house yeah. phone. And, that, and next to it was plugged in her mobile phone that we got her. And it was probably
2: there for about four years before it ever did anything. Wow. On, it well, was apparently on. It's not that bad yet, but I did listen to a 90s playlist on Spotify on the way over. So I'm probably getting to that level. <laughs> well, anyway,
0: moving on from technology... <laughs> Um, every week we do start with a question, um, and this week the question is about Jorginho, the uh, Chelsea midfielder. He set a record this week for the most passes attempted in a single game ever in the Premier League. How many passes did he attempt? 230. 162? One hundred and eighty. 180 passes in one game
2: was that attempted or successful attempted
1: probably 160 uh, or successful yeah I was going
2: to say because I read it
1: ok and, and it, I've had a whinge I think it was game week 1 or game week 2 about how much I hate the way Chelsea play football and I, and I, I took it back last week because I really enjoyed their win two weeks ago and I some of the goals they scored were excellent visionary yeah. loved it But last week, they reverted to type. Of the type of football that I just think is so
0: pathetic. Well, I kind of wanted to talk about Chelsea. And because um, Kante, if you watch the highlights for the Chelsea, who do they draw nil-nil against? West Ham. West Mm -hmm. Ham. In that game, Kante had two clear chances to score. One with his head, one with his foot. And Kante isn't built for shooting. He's built for winning the ball. But because they're playing this formation where Jorginho sits... And I like Jorginho as a player, and I prefer those kind of players that just recycle the ball, the Michael Carricks of the world, than most people. Um, but um, when can, you put. Can in, you play them in the same team? Well, if you play in the formation they're playing, which is 4 3 3, you're asking Kante to do a different role. And Kante's an excellent footballer, and he's one of the best midfielders in the world, but he's not brilliant in that position. If the two chances have fallen to a Ruben Loftus-Cheek or Ross Barkley or a Kovacic maybe they would have scored but because Kant is playing there he's not scoring the goals so Chelsea doing a disservice to themselves by playing Kant in that role
1: Chelsea are doing a disservice to themselves by playing football like that and, and uh, sorry yeah. I, I'm sure that I'm going to I'm going to swings and roundabouts this all season because sometimes <laughs> when it clicks it's amazing but I remember an interview with Cesc Fabregas uh over the summer. So those days where the World Cup, were, there were no games and they do interviews. And, and mm-hmm. I remember listening to an interview with Ces Fabregas. I remember being super impressed. And one of his ethics throughout his career was... Before you go on about Ces Fabregas, where is Ces Fabregas? He's on the bench. Dead. Okay. He's not Currently. dead. He's on the bench. <laughs> yeah, on. On. Ross Barkley's dead. <laughs> Cesc <because> Fabregas <laughs> is just on the bench. Um, he, one of his key ethics is the or ethos is that you'd rather make a mistake trying to do something positive than be safe. Yeah. And that's how he's lived his footballing life. He's tried to make positive change on the pitch. He's tried to play a ball that other people can't see. He's tried to thread it through in a way that takes the defense by surprise and the attacker has to improvise. And that's the way he plays football. So he's on the bench sitting there watching Jorginho play 100 what was it, 181 passes sideways, watching Chelsea essentially keep the ball between the penalty areas and not touch the ball in either their penalty area or the or the opposing penalty area. And Fabregas must be watching this, thinking, "What? What? I can't get a game, and but you guys are just you spadging it about." I disagree with that in the fact that
0: if you have a Jorginho and a Fabregas in the same team, then it works. The whole point of a Jorginho player. Is get the ball off the defence and pass it to someone better quickly and without giving the ball away. That's all his role is. That's all character. It's just turning that ball over. It's constant. Get the ball. Give it. Get but they've the ball, got
2: three it. of them at the moment too. I think yeah. that's the issue. Is that it's not just. It's not just they've got two defensive midfielders playing in the middle. They've actually yeah. got three because um, Kovačević's first instinct is defensive as well. Yeah. So they've got three of them in the park, and I think you're also nullifying there's not only are you losing out on the fact that Kante is not brilliant going forward, you also lose out on the fact that if you play him um, in front of the back four, he's basically two players. Yeah. So you could almost play Kante and two attack-minded midfielders because Kante is so good. It will cover so much ground. But dude. the thing I f- I'm finding a bit odd about it is that um, Sarri's team's his Napoli team, which is the only one I really know, but were brilliant to watch and yeah. great going forward and yet that hasn't and Jorginho was a part of that yeah. at Napoli so I wonder is it just does he need to he needs to get players in to me he hasn't got the players for his system but then what does he do with Kante because he obviously wants Jorginho as his man so I think he's I think Sarri's got a plan and a way of playing and I don't think it works
0: quite yet at Chelsea I think they've lucked out that they won their first five games he's
1: so. only had 60 days in, with yeah, that yeah, team both so, yeah. Yeah.
0: so if he can have I think after Christmas Chelsea are going to be really strong and I've put Chelsea in the little like title race conversation we're going to have because I think Chelsea actually have got a real chance of pushing for the title this year because they've started well because they'll get better as a team and because they're not in the Champions League my concern is the Kante scenario. Kante's so good, you can't drop him, but you've got the wrong player in that position. And whether you change to a four-two-three-one and you have Jorginho and Kante next to each other, like um, Drinkwater and Kante at Leicester, and then you kind of negate that, but that means sorry, changing his whole formation, which he won't do. Or Kante loses his spot to someone who's a bit more dynamic and is a Fabregas or a Loftus Cheek.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. From what I've seen so far, I'm gonna disagree, and, and I'm gonna not, I'm not gonna take them out of the the title race challenge. Because I'd be, a, I'd be naive to do so with the start that they've had and the fact that they're only gonna get better. And you know, when it does click, it's great. But I feel like. Oh, oh, yeah. the,
2: don't take them out. You're going to take them out. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they're a level. To me, they're clearly a level below Man City and Liverpool. They're but, the best of the rest at yeah. the moment. But here's
1: here's the thing when um when you play when you when you're a Napoli coach, you can afford to to probe, and you can afford to gamble on having the majority of possession to probe and to probe and to probe and to find that that one cutting ball and have that be enough. Because the the pace of the game over there is is slower. I mean, you, you you know the the way that they set up in that league. It's it's I mean yeah. the, the traditional comment of it. It's slow, slow, quick football. Yeah. So it's slow out of defence, slow into midfield, and then it's when you find the decisive moment, you play it quick and you take them by surprise. And every team sets up in a very slow, slow, quick fashion. Yeah. His football is perfect for that, but. The Premier League, it's quick, quick, quick. Quick, 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 quick. And the team, when uh, uh, Guardiola was in his first year at Manchester City, what he found that didn't work is that it was trying to be too probing and no one was getting that cutting ball. And and actually, he was deemed a bit of a failure, wasn't he? Yeah, first year. It it wasn't very good. And it wasn't very good because he had to adapt. And what Man City do very well now, which is the reason why, Roger, I think you're right, that Chelsea are a a step below, is because Man City embrace now the the strategy of players like Fabregas who look for who would rather take the risk than not yeah. and then they can they're organized enough to be quick at the back to, to get back yeah. and cover but I don't think Chelsea have got that I think if sarri plays his perfect game the premier league will find him out
0: yeah okay and i think what guardiola did as well in midfield is he has fernandinho in that Jorginho role and Guardiola wanted to side Jorginho like he was like yes I want yeah. him and they offered a huge amount of money accepted by Napoli he wanted to go and play for Sarri at Chelsea so he turned down Guardiola to go and play for Sarri um, so he clearly rates him so yeah really yeah. wants to play for him and Guardiola clearly rates him but um, what Guardiola did is start playing David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne as those two midfielders next to him and that's not Kovacic and Kante who are defensive minded De Bruyne and Silva are naturally number 10s and bomb on attacking midfielders. And it's
2: what he had at Napoli too, because he had Hanchik at Napoli, who is, uh, you know, his first instinct is always to look forward. And he's an aggressive runner, like he's got a good engine, but he's also, he can pick a pass and he scores goals. Yeah, he's the highest scorer ever. If you look at like Kante, Jorginho and um, Kovacevic goal-scoring record... Like I don't think any of them have scored over three goals in a season. Wow! And yeah, you're playing those three in your midfield at the same time. That puts a lot of pressure on Hazard and Pedro. Yeah, and, and, what, and when Kante was at his
1: best, which you would say was that Leicester season, he had all Brighton and Drinkwater. Who both you know for yeah. for their limitations, they were very positive footballers yeah. who who did that job and went forward. And then they had a, a front line that was that was incredibly efficient and lethal. Yeah. And I I think Chelsea have some star players, but I think those players are not getting the opportunities that they need. Now don't get me wrong, every other game Hazard will take the game by the scruff of the neck and do a very good job, and that's just because he's that good. Yeah. But I think a player like William. He's gonna, um, William. William. you know, William. <laughs> William, yeah. player like William, yeah. he he needs to be put in positions where he has space and he has time, and he will do something absolutely amazing. I don't think he will. Jink it round two players like Hazard has the arrogance to do so, and I I think in a in a team that lets the other team sit back and tries to probe them, I think that you're nullifying the skill. of You
2: keep talking about probing them, but you know what I mean. I'm just thinking about alien abductions.
1: And and and, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do what what I hate. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and stop it because look, West Ham deserve credit for this game. They knew what Chelsea... It, you yeah. can watch the first five games of Chelsea Football Club this season and you know exactly what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah. Which means from a strategic... We all are like dogging on the... Not dogging. You know what I mean. It's we're, <laughs> we're, we're taking the piss out of the water boy, Pellegrino. Yeah. But actually it was a bit of a tactical masterclass against yeah, Chelsea. he did very well. He yeah. knew what to do and they could have had it. Um, Declan one Wanda... was very good again yeah. and the one foot wonder uh, the one foot s- drop machine Yarmolenko should have scored could have had it at the end they could have won one nil. and, and
2: you know, i just said they deserved it if they did um, on William Yeah. <laughs> just I just thought of it then but I'm slightly surprised that they haven't tried him in that more central role because he's very good running with the ball he can also pass the ball he's certainly got a good engine yeah. Um. And, I mean, I think, to me, he's someone that could play centrally.
3: Well, I
0: think this is something that also will evolve with Sarri at Chelsea, is that Napoli, he had um, Dries Mertens playing yeah. as the number nine, and he'd never played up front in his career, and he was always a winger, um, and he played wing-back for Belgium in the World Cup. Um, and they put him as number nine. He scored a load of goals, and he was he's a bit of a Firmino number nine, he just kind of a false guy, just runs around lots of... Um, and yeah, William would fit that perfectly. There's talk of Hazard doing it, but I think you'd lose a bit of hazard when he's not running from the left into the yeah. um at defences.
2: Um But I think the thing that that maybe they can do in that system, and I think what Guariel has done at Man City is just put a bunch of really good footballers together and positions almost don't matter as much because they all bloody interchange and go like yes, there's a it's not organized chaos. Like it is very much. Uh, it's so coached. Organized, there's, organized. There's, yeah. there's a system, but all of those players in those attacking positions can interchange yeah. and go and play. They can just swap. Yeah. But, um, the, but the,
1: the the difference, and we'll move off in a minute, I'm sure. But the, but the difference is, you need to be incredibly responsible if you're going to play yeah. in a team like that. Yeah. And I don't think that. And it's a matter of time, as as we said. Like he's only been there 60 days or, or something. But I don't think that that level of responsibility isn't instilled in that Chelsea football club and and I think that um, they having had last year with Conte they what they had as far as responsibility and and on the pitch it left last year when they were all in strops so I think instilling that level of okay if you if if they're through a goal and they're on their own it's probably your fault which means next time don't let it happen I don't think they have that yet
0: no, I think no, I think they'll get better. Um two teams that are pretty good at the moment are Liverpool and Man City. Um did anyone watch the Liverpool Southampton game? Yeah. Yeah. Does anyone see Shakiri's um massive calves? He's <laughs> 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 a weird-looking man. Great he? free kick. He's yeah, a barrel. Is it, yeah, he is, is literally it, a human barrel.
2: Yeah. Um but did
0: you see he got taken off at half time? Yeah. Yeah. Which like
2: oh cuz Klopp wasn't happy about how they were setting up defensively. Yeah, so they were 3-0 up at mm-hmm. half
0: time, which
2: Impressive. and he had a hand in all three goals yeah and it's his first start of the season
0: to get taken off at half time after that purely for a tactical with bit loose they played one less centre midfielder and played the front four basically um i think that's massively ballsy from klopp to do it and if he's still got the player on his side that's an amazing i think look at the liverpool squad of they're all kind of they're all on board they all believe in this I'm happy to play for half game come off because it's better for the team well it wasn't
2: just I mean it was it was that but it was also Matip like Matip came you know started the game scored a goal and you saw when he scored how much it meant yeah Um, all the players got around him and I just feel like I completely agree he has got such a good atmosphere going there at the moment that it, you know it's a squad and it's a squad they all feel like they're part of it and Shakiri I th- thought Shakiri might have a bit of a strop because he ha- I thought he'd get a little bit more of a go than he's yeah. than he's had but he looked great but was, if you wanted a game after playing midweek in the Champions League that was it. Southampton. It was so easy. Like I think <laughs> Southampton were a disgrace. <laughs> Mark Hughes is an absolute disgrace. Yeah. They just did not show up. Like as good as Liverpool were, yeah. and they look great. You know, they they have added solidity at the back. Yeah. But Salah to me looked like he was starting to get back in his groove again. His little yeah. back heel that he nearly scored. Oh, that back heel would have been, been the best been goal amazing. Ever. Um, and they just they looked and Shakiri coming in and he was almost playing centrally. Mm. Um He was kinda of playing the number ten playmaker. He? And he was yeah. just like, Do whatever you want. But they look they looked you know, really good, but at the same time, yeah, Southampton just you know you know they've played Champions League, just get into them early, yeah. give them a game and 3-0 by half time. So well I do think it's worrying
0: for the rest of the league that Liverpool can now rotate, it. because last year they couldn't rotate their team. The last three months of the season they played the same yeah. eleven, and you knew what they were going to play and then you knew if one of the front three got injured or like they did in the Champions League final. You went, oh we've got a chance here because they're weaker, whereas now... That's a whole different thing.
1: They've still got Oxlade Chamberlain to come back too, and and yeah, you've I got I to left. think that in the last he's not too far away. Last few it? months before he got injured, he was great. He was brilliant for him. Like he scored some goals yeah. that you know I can shut my eyes and think about him right now, and that's very rare for Liverpool. Yeah. Lallana's
2: disappeared as well. Yeah, Lallana still has come back.
1: So it's, it's it's depth, isn't it? Which is the most frightening. Do you and think they're going to win the league? Well,
0: I've predicted them to win the league. I think they will. I just think they've got it right. I think the timing's right. I think the scenario is right. I think Klopp's been there the right amount of time. Um, I think everyone just went on at the start of the season of like, oh, they're 25 points behind Man City. Man City aren't going to get 100 points this year. It's impossible to do, to get twice in a year. So I just think
2: it's their year. Well, do you know, I thought that and I watched the Liverpool game first and then I watched Man City. <laughs> They're really good. And i like, Man City are so good at football. And then you watch you, you them in the... You forget how good they are. Yeah, but just, you know, every time you see them and do, do you know what What probably impressed me most was it was Cardiff away. It was fucking horrible. Like oh, it was, it was so... sideways rain. Yeah. yeah, And it's a Neil Warnock team. And you're like... If Man City are perhaps gonna be not quite up for a game That's it. Yeah. That's it, you know? And then yeah, they come out, play blind in football, three no up at half time yeah. and could have scored ten. You know, they just And uh, they'd lost in the Champions
0: League in the mid yeah. as well. So they just they could have been like, Oh, don't feel this but no they just went.
2: But they, they just looked so good and that like their goal, Gundogan's goal was Oh, was, that was amazing! Was brilliant. Silva's goal was good. Like they're just the football they play. Like I could talk for an hour about bloody just about Man City. But I, uh, what excites me is I think they're both playing football, both those teams at a really high level. And I don't because of Liverpool's depth, mm. I don't see that changing. So I think we've got we've, we've got, got a, a proper style. title race. Yeah, and they yeah. could actually
0: just both play great football all season and see what happens. Which means. On the 8th of October at Sunday night at 2.30 in the morning, Australian time, Lock before we have to go for work <laughs> on a Monday, <laughs> it's the most painful thing. I Do you know, I looked at how much leave I've got at work, I was like, oh, maybe I could take the Monday off. Do you take off. the Monday off yet? Yeah? Um, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about that game already. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be utterly brilliant.
2: But I just, I wonder if you might be right about Liverpool. I'm not, I'm right about most I'm not jumping much. on board the bandwagon, but like Klopp. I think the league motivates him more than the Champions League I know they nearly won the Champions League last mm. year and I know he did well with the Champions League with Dortmund but I think the big thing for him was knocking Bayern off you yeah. know Bayern win every year in um, Germany and he did it in Germany yeah. Yeah. Man City haven't quite had the same dominance obviously but they're definitely the top team
0: and I think also Liverpool, Klopp's an emotional man and What you don't need in finals of games is emotion. You need cold-heartedness and just make sure you get across the line. He's lost his last four finals or something (laughs) stupid. I think he's maybe too emotional for a cup competition. But a league, that's fine because you've got a whole season. So that emotion kind of gets spread out a bit. Uh, Okay,
1: are Man City too good? Yes. like and, and when I say... They, let me give that some context. I'm, I'm not just being, being petulant. Even your, they,
2: flop of the, your flop of the year scored a couple of goals. Who was my flop of the year? Riyad Mahrez. Oh, fucking Riyad, Riyad Mahrez.
1: <laughs> um, when I say, are they too good? Do you enjoy watching... And no, I'm not going to phrase it like that because you're going to say, yes, you do enjoy watching them play. There is something so stale about their excellence.
0: Yeah, they're too good to enjoy. It's like... Um,
2: no, I don't get
0: it. If like, you go... If you go out for dinner at the best restaurant you've ever been to in the world and have the most amazing meal, it's amazing. But if you had it every day for 10 days, you'd get bored.
1: It's exactly right. I don't enjoy watching Roger Federer play tennis. And I haven't enjoyed watching Roger Federer play tennis for the last 10 years because it's so immaculate and it's so effortless. Whereas I love watching Andy Murray play tennis, not because of the British roots, but yeah. because it's a fucking roller coaster. And when he wins, <laughs> he's won because of this battle with himself. Yeah, that that he's like let it all out and let it all go. And when he wins, it's a struggle and he's exhausted and he's injured. And then when he wins the next game, yeah. and there's something about sport that that's what I enjoy most. Yeah. And when I watch such a finely tuned, well oiled machine that. That replenishes itself in the areas it needs to before it needs them. The fact that Riyad Mahrez can come in and score two goals in three games or whatever it is, when they didn't need him, but now they've got him. Great, he'll just mould into this well-oiled machine that means Phil Foden... Is fucking Iniesta. It's amazing. Did you um, see him last? I watched the kid Against highlights. Oxford United. Yeah? Yeah, 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 the kid was a dream. Amazing. Eighteen go- years old as well. Yeah. And they're saying he's going to be like that for. Well, of course, no one can predict when. When none of us are Mystic Meg, but we're all. But <laughs> he's going to be like that for the next ten years. You, they are this unstoppable juggernaut that has almost
2: sterilised good football. But but they've they haven't even retained the title yet no like it's not I don't don't get sick of it because it's great to watch but it's not I hate Man United Mm. and I hate Man United because for years and years and years I had to watch Alex Ferguson and Man United winning the most amazing football ever and I just I got so sick of Man United winning that that is that is stale I think watching a brilliant team who have only you know they've never retained the uh, premiership title. I, I don't have that stale. Training.
1: No, I, I'm, I'm. We're going to compete about this all, all year, Roger, because I disagree. Because when 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 Manchester United were at their peak, that was when Fergie time was. That was when they won in the in the in the 96th minute. Yeah, they cheated every week. But the, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's more of a, a a footballing reality that there is a team that can dig deep and it can do it every week and it can play poorly and win. When you watch Man City win five nil every week there is something that is, it's like watching Bayern Munich in, in the German league. And I'm not saying that the that the Premier League is the same, but when you watch that team, you, there's, as you say, John, there are empty seats at Man City because they're so used to it. And because of that, the outrage when they lose even a point, when they, when they drop two points at Wolves, that was like, oh my God, it's yeah. just dropping two, just not winning every week is the end of the world. And that, that to me, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as saying I'm sick of it yet, but, part of me doesn't enjoy it and that's a shame because if you you just take this Man City team out and you put it into a environment where I wasn't used to it and you go you know let's say that we just implanted all of the players all of the skill of Man City onto Leeds United when they qualified for the Champions League however many years ago that was 15 years ago and they played this type of football I would think it was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life but for me watching it I almost feel it's stale. Is it because
0: there's a lack of Humanness to it.
1: They're almost too robots.
0: Yeah, they're almost robots. And there's not you like you watch Liverpool, you see the emotion of Klopp. Um, or if you see teams that like the Man United team would always go behind and then win. Um, like when they won the Champions or League in '99, and... and there was that kind of drive and that there was character that got them through. Whereas you're watching Man City. And you're just almost watching perfection, which is always boring. But
2: that's Guardiola, right? Guardiola, it hasn't ever been about characters on the pitch. Yeah. Um, Which is, I think, perhaps a criticism of him, um, if you can have many in his managerial (laughs) career, is that he is so reliant on coaching and system and the quality of players that he has, that he basically says that that side of it doesn't matter. Because if we get our thing right, we're so good that it will beat whatever is in front of us and we don't need those characters to, you know, get us over the line. And so I I, I agree. I see what you're saying. It's like a... But I just think you've got to enjoy the football. I also love Federer too. Because I just... (laughs) For for, for me, Federer's um, fallible. Like, he's always had the ability to flake out and have the... Particularly early in his career, he'd have, like... He's the most effortless sportsman I've ever seen. Like, he's never been quick, you know, doesn't he has, sweat. hasn't got the hardest serve, doesn't sweat, but it's effortless, yeah. like, just the timing. But he always has had been f- fragile mentally, so he can get found out by the grinders, like Nadal and Djokovic, that just get ball back after ball back. And And I prefer the effortless brilliance, to the grind. See, I don't, I prefer the Ronnie
1: O'Sullivans of this world. I prefer the, Well, that's the, effortless brilliance. No, but it, it, it's, it's fragility in the same way. Yeah. It's a, a bad day and he could just nip off halfway, do a gram of coke and, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, and cool. drink a pint and just go, I'm just going so. to give up. There's, there's absolute fallibility. There's fall, but fall Federer is, Federer's got that too. No, but
0: Federer's so perfect.
1: It's, 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 it's balanced. He transcends. Yeah, and, and, I, and and Man City don't have anything that makes me feel like they could do a Roy Keane or, or they could do a Cantona. There's no one in that man's city side who would kick someone in the face for calling him a cunt. It just doesn't exist. So no, you're I, never, right. I never feel that when I watch them. I feel like I'm watching an oiled machine. Well,
2: and that's, maybe that's where they come unstuck because they, they, they don't have that. And sometimes you need that. You need those characters. And I mean, I think Liverpool have some of those that's characters. Right, yeah. So like I mean, it'd be really interesting. To, I think that's why I'm excited about it because they are... Different philosophies, different teams, different players, but they're both playing bloody good football and it's going to be great to watch. Let's move from the title race to a team that's battling
0: for the Europa League, Man United. (laughs) 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 Um, So Man United are sat in seventh, um, which we'll get in the Europa League if someone wins a cup for them. But they're out of the Carabao Cup after losing to Derby County on penalties this morning. I watched a bit of this game. Yeah. Frank I,
2: Lampard beating his mentor as well. Yes. Yeah.
0: I turned the game on at 1-0 to Man United and then ate some breakfast and Derby scored a wonder free kick and then had a shower and came out and we lost on penalties. What a free kick. It's
2: I amazing. haven't seen it. Is he on loan from, from
0: Liverpool? From Liverpool. Did you see it? his
1: celebration? No. So he we ran away to the fans and put his hand up with five fingers out, like five European cups, oh, really? to, the, to the Man United fans. Same... Um, celebration that Torres has done. Like it's it's a Gerard's done it. Yeah. It's a traditional kind of fuck you to Man United yeah. fans. He's on no
0: <laughs> but um so Man United are in a bit of a mess. They drew with Watford at the week no Wolves. sorry Wolves at the weekend. Jal Martino's goal was excellent. Did you watch any of
1: I've
2: watched the yeah. mini
0: match version Look, of it.
2: I did-
1: Wolves, Wolves are a good size Wolves looked yeah.
2: The better team. Um but- I mean, it's not the first time we've seen them do that. Like, I, I mean, we can talk about Man United, but I also think yeah. Wolves are a really good football team. We saw them give Man City—they uh, got points—a City. a decent game. Yeah. De Gea kept you in this. I yeah. thought you. I watched the first half Um in little fits and starts. United played some good stuff. Pogba's assist for oh, that was an amazing for, for the um, United goal was incredible, and Pogba. I really enjoy watching him. He does some things, and you're like, no, there isn't anyone else that can do that. Like he can. He's one of those does everything like
0: broken geniuses. He's he's brilliant, but he's just going to fuck it up as well at the same time. But he hasn't been. I
2: I think you let him do it. But I think when I watched him at Juventus, the good outweighed the bad every week, and more often Mm. than not, he won them the game. Yeah. At United, yeah, he hasn't got that balance right, and I mean, he cost them the goal at the weekend. But I feel like it's. You know, it's 50 50. Like, he'll do something good and then he'll lose the ball and not chase back, and you'll concede a goal. This goes back to my Chelsea point. The Premier League
1: doesn't allow you to do what he did at Juventus. Maybe. People are down your throat too much. And you're exposed when you're a 50 50.
0: But I do think the Pogba Man United thing is a wider issue. Like, he came out after that game and said, at home, Man United should play attacking football and should attack, attack, attack. Which is what the home fans have been singing when we play awful defensive football at home. So he's trying to get the fans on side, which Jose Mourinho is doing constantly. Jose Mourinho came out in before the game this morning against Derby and said that Pogba will no longer captain the side when Valencia's not available. He just wants to move the captaincy off of him. Didn't give a reason
2: why. Um, Did you see the dig after the Wolves game as well? He said that Wolves players played like it was a World Cup final. Yeah, and that's been perceived to be a slight on Pogba because obviously he had is very good World, cup world final, final. Yeah. Yeah. and I just there there is an unresolvable problem with that relationship and it won't be resolved until one of them goes mm-hmm. um, and you think it'd be Mourinho talked
0: about? I presume it's I hope it's Mourinho I don't know whether it will be my preference would be if Mourinho goes rather than Pogba goes but I don't know where it will go Man United next week have West Ham away which is actually a really tricky game. West
2: Ham has suddenly got some form. I think you'll win. I think so. Do you know Man United at home? Yeah. 67 goals under Mourinho, which is 24 fewer than the rest of the big six. Like the next member of the big six still has 24 goals more. That's cool. And in the same time, Man City have 42 more home goals than Man City. Wow. That is... That's, no. to me. That's the but, issue. Like yes. I, I, almost think that at the moment you're finding it easier away. So I, I almost back you in in that. And I can't believe at I'm going to day. say,
1: but I think we had written off West Ham early, and going away to West Ham this stage of Manchester United's transition is mm. is not what you want to do.
0: If West Ham have just got a point against Chelsea at home, and they've won the game the week before, they're suddenly going to think a bit of a momentum. Yeah, point. and they won't be scared of Man United. Just think, okay, I think again. you've
2: lost that fear factor, and I think that I think that's really emphasised at home. Like when Man United played at home under Ferguson, I remember that every week you're like, or every other week, Man United are going to win. Yeah, they just find a way to win, and no teams wanting to go to Old Trafford. I think you've lost that. You've yeah. lost that aura of of well, you lost Invinci- that aura of invincibility a long time ago. But now no it's, it's not even a fear factor. No, it's, it's just like oh, I'll just turn up, we'll get a point. But you did. There were at times where I was like, oh, like Sanchez sort of flickered in and out, and I'm like, you can kind of see how it could be good, but it's all just not quite working. And then I saw Wolves, and I'm like, Wolves have a very clear way that they're playing. <laughs> they've got some really good players and it works really well and they all believe in it and I'm like maybe Wolves are a better um, team you know, that was, and that was <laughs> the interesting thing watching those two teams
1: from a, from a really in your face comparative point of view you go what is a team with a strategy and what what is a team that don't necessarily believe in their game plan and Man United have better players than Wolves yeah. it's fair enough Yeah, because Wolves have essentially the A and B team of Portugal Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Man United is better than Portugal yeah so Man United should beat Portugal, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. would assume, because they can get anyone they want, and Portugal can just get Portuguese players. Yeah. So watching a, a Portugal with a strategy versus Man United and the players in, in discontent with their positions, you, you, it's so evident. Yeah, you yeah. See. Well,
2: like Wolves signed players in, the, so they already had a very clear way of playing the Championship last year. I watched them a bit in the Championship; it's brilliant to watch. I've Never seen a team so dominant in the Championship, and we know it's a really hardly to league. do that yeah. in. But they signed more players in the summer, Martinho being one of them. The, the players they've signed fit their system. They have a really clear way of playing. Like They, they drop back very quickly into their own half when they lose the yeah. ball. Um, and then they're really compact and, and, and solid. So they're a defensive team first. Yeah. But then they've got, in the middle of the park, two players who are slow as fuck, but are brilliant on the ball and their passing range is incredible and then they've got got quick guys out wide and a a quick combative guy up front who can hold the ball up well and it just works but but they also
1: they they don't play quick guys like Liverpool or Leicester they play overlapping quick guys so so they, they play it's almost like a cross between if Leicester won the league with Giroud (laughs) <laughs> do, do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. They, they play yeah, it quick up yeah. to someone who would allow the overlap, yeah. and by doing so, they they eliminate another defender, and that person, you know, whoever it happens to be, who's furthest forward. Has got the touch and the vision to actually bring other players into that position instead of what they put to. They don't just go all oh, that attack, like most hours got the boy run 60 yards and he chips the goalkeeper. Doesn't work like that with Wolves. Yeah. They
2: they give it that second phase of counter attack. Yeah, you're right. Jimenez is always the furthest forward. And
0: um, I do think that Traore is becoming my new favourite.
2: Is he the best <laughs> super sub in the league? <laughs>
0: he's, I love the fact that he's their star signing, like £18 million in the summer, most expensive. But they're like, no, we're just gonna give you twenty minutes at the end of every game and just terrorize.
1: It's a like, it's like Ma- the Juggernaut from from, from, from yeah. X Men. It's just like Brian and Juggernaut, bitch. It's like, like
2: an upgrade on the Beast from African. Uh, yeah, he work, I think. he, he came on after what seventy-five minutes. Yeah, had more successful dribbles than anyone in the game. he's only had fifteen minutes. Just run. But he gave like I think Joe Short, Luke Shaw has had a really good start to the year. But when Chory came on, he gave him a roasting. Yeah. yeah, just. Last thing on
0: Wolves, um, their coach Nuno Espirito Santo um, was sub goalie at Porto when they won the Champions League under Jose Mourinho. Mm. I didn't know. Is that, that true? Yeah. I didn't
1: know that at all. That's a great stat. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: Um, moving on, um, I wanted to quickly talk about players, teams playing two strikers in one side,
2: um, and this kind of leans into Arsenal a bit. But now you said you started with two up front and then I was like who plays two up front and then you clarified no you know, so yeah
0: so more so than two people play teams. some teams play two up front and it's becoming more of a fashion but a lot of teams are playing two strikers and then they're swapping roles so within the game they're going you can play up front for a bit now you can play up front for a bit so this weekend Leicester played Vardia and Ian Acho and they swapped roles various times Arsenal played Lacazette and Aubameyang they swapped roles um, Spurs played Kane and Mora. Um, they swapped roles less but they're more of a normal front two Watford played Gray and Deeney Burnley played Vidra and Vokes Cardiff played Reed and Ward and Bournemouth played Wilson and King so they all played two up front or a variation you're two right
2: a, two three years ago that would never it just happen. wouldn't have happened well I don't think it, it ha- had happened at the start of the year I'd argue that apart from Watford all those teams have actually introduced that in the first five games this year I think teams are realising if you have two strikers or two players on the defence defence
0: now, they look at players like your John Stones who are good on the ball and defenders just think, I've got loads of time, I can pray passes. And they're kind of just well, strolling into midfield. People are going, oh, hang on, let's put two strikers, let's put pressure on them. Um, and I think it's working. And I think more and more teams this season are going to do it. And the Arsenal goal, um, the first goal, the Lacazette goal, which was amazing against Everton uh, when they won 2-0 if you watch the build-up to it, Lacazette's actually gone out left and Aubameyang's playing as the centre role and it's mean the defences were a bit confused because they're like, oh, where do we go? Who do we follow? And they swap that role and then it comes into Lacazette, out to Aubameyang, back into Lacazette and he scores a wonder goal.
1: You're right, but that game itself, the first half, I mean, here, I, I here went we off go. on a <laughs> 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 We're talking about strikers we've got <laughs> right. I, I, I went off on a massive rant last week about, about what it was like to be an Everton fan and... and this kind of summed it up you know we I say we because I, I'm unashamedly an Everton fan we watched that game of football first half was absolutely brilliant
2: Everton played really Everton really, really dominated well. I yeah. would go so far as to say in the first half Everton dominated yeah. the difference is Lacazette and then Bamiang yeah.
1: because <laughs> Everton had opportunities that were far greater than Arsenal had in the second mm-hmm. half in the first half but the difference is there was no one there to put it away no. I heard a great uh, quote the other day, going that game was two mid-table teams fight fighting it out, but the only difference is this year, Theo Walcott was on the other team. <laughs> 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 yeah, sure. right, Um, and the that's that's the thing about you know when I talk about the fallibility of teams, it, it's it's I say I like it because I'm probably used to it. But it, it, what would you rather do? Everton last season played away at. Um, Away at Arsenal, was it lost 5-1, yeah. 5-2, something like that, and played a disgraceful game of football, hopeless game of football. This year, were the better team and lost 2-0. Again, no points gained. Away at a big team. Typical Everton, but what would you rather watch?
0: No, I don't think that you can tell there is the beginnings of something happening at Everton. And I think there yeah. has been the whole time Marco Silva's been there. I think they've struggled with injuries massively. Yeah,
2: you need continuity, yeah. especially yeah. got a new manager coming in. Defence has been played,
0: changed around and stuff. And, they haven't, and there's lots of stats about like Marco Silva hasn't kept a clean sheet as a Premier League manager for ages and all these kind of things. But he hasn't actually just had a fit full squad. Um, something I like that he did this game is he made Tom Davis captain and I think that's a real big sign of going... The Ketwig Kaiser. <laughs> yes. Of going, um, he's the heartbeat of this team. We need local people. We need the young guys involved. Um, and they played really well. But yeah, he lost to one wonder goal and one massively offside oh goal. Oh
1: my God. No, we'll get on to the offside goal. No one wants to hear me bang on about it. But the wonder goal, you can't, you can't account for that. That is what it is. Yeah. And the all of these stats about it clean sheets for Marcus Silva. And Marcus Silva has managed two crap teams in the Premier League. And it's hard to keep clean sheets when you have crap players. Yeah. The trick is to score more. Although Watford right now are a top four team. They are, yeah. post Marcus Silva, indeed. <laughs> um, but you can't account for a Lacazette wonder goal. And, and you can tell after the first half that all Arsenal were waiting for was one bit of fluid movement. Where they would just exploit, uh, as you say, a mismatch Everton backline that, again, every week it's another backline that's never played with each other. And then the offside goal. Mm. What is that? It's just <laughs> if a
0: anyone's br- not seen it, really, 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 really it's so bad, bad decision. Side. Like, yeah. It's a yard offside. And it's not like the ball comes quickly. The ball comes no, it off, off Ramsey, who kind of falls over and then flicks it through his leg. And it takes a week to get there, and it's so clearly offside, and then... nothing. It's almost
1: embarrassing, and you can see, Bemihang is almost embarrassed. He runs away, and he's like, yay, I scored. Well, did you really, you cheating fuck? Sorry, I didn't mean... I mean, you know what I mean. Well,
2: well, but when you say cheating, there's some controversial controversial footage that has come out from the game. Yeah, I've not seen this. Well, so the linesman... um, you know, gives a goal and um, points with his arm back towards the halfway line. Yep. So as they do, it's a goal. And then as he's taking his arm down, there's footage of him doing a little fist pump. So he closes his hand into a fist and he does a little Yes fist pump. Yep. And like it's very, very clear after missing um, one of the most obvious offsides in the history of the It's disgraceful
1: really and, and you can see the way Everton's head drops the, the, the after that second goal. And and you know you yeah. can say what you it's like, game and, and I can um, say that the first half was great. However, no matter how your team's playing, no matter, to have your heads drop and have the last thirty minutes of a game of football be so depressing as that last thirty minutes were, you're only two 0 down. Come on, you can do something. You can at least get some pride. Yeah. But that's not what happens. So everyone no, that's dropped. a lack
0: of confidence in it. That's a lack of yeah. time winning games Any- and lack of knowing what you're doing I feel like you're
1: up against it as well when a fucking linesman fist pumps to get an <laughs> yes. offside position wrong
2: you feel like oh well let's just go home now But we, we? Um, you know we were calling for Aubameyang and Lacazette to play up front together yeah. for Arsenal and they've now started three games in a row and up front, always and they've score. They've won three games in a row. Yeah. But
1: here's the thing: you're, you're right, John. They're not playing classic. No, Hesky, playing left. No. Yeah. Heskey Owen. Yeah. They're, they're not doing that. Bamey is playing left, and they're, and they're interchanging. Uh, so, of the others that you mentioned, uh, are any of them as a classic strike partnership? Um, Southampton
0: do it with Shane Long and Day Ings. Mm-hmm. Um, Ings didn't play this week because he can't play against Liverpool. Shane Long.
2: And Shane two Long. goals in 57 games. <laughs> he's the worst. Two goals in 57 Shane Long games. He's the worst striker in uh-huh. the Premier League. Is that worse than old mate, um, <laughs> <laughs> Nichibi?
1: <laughs> We're still in the Premier League winning. But the, okay, so here's the question. So if you play two up front and you are Shane Long and you keep getting a game, are you just a worse version of Emil Heskey?
0: Well, yeah, yeah, because you're there to do the work. um for Burnley this week, Vokes, um, Sam Vokes is Welsh and massive and Vidra played up front. Mm. Yeah. Vidra's small and runs around a lot, and Sam Vokes just stood there and Vidra did all the work. So you kind of it's it kind of works in different. Do you ways. know what the
2: interesting thing with that was as well in the second half they brought on Wood yeah. and Ashley Barnes. Who are both massive units but as well. They, they played two up, so they changed they played two up front in the first half of two strikers, yeah. changed the strikers but still played the two up front. Yeah. Do you know, and,
1: and without disappearing down a, a, a bit of nostalgia memory lane, my my favourite duo, and we're probably going to reel off yours now. Which, uh, we're going to disappear down a bit of nostalgia <laughs> memory lane. My favourite duo was Kevin Phillips and Noah Quinn. Oh, it's got to be for, for Sunderland. Because so, but, so all those who don't know, what was at 15 years ago or whatever yeah. it was. Kevin Phillips was. Brilliant. He and worked at five foot six. At, didn't he work in a factory until he was age twenty three before yeah. he was a professional footballer? But Niall Quinn was massive. Kevin Phillips was was small, yeah. and they both scored goals. They were both incredibly gifted, and it was it was the perfect um, mix of size, shape, energy levels, and they knew their job. So yeah. they played two up front every single week. And that's what made that Sunderland team so good. So I wonder, so when I say uh, Heskey and Owen, I look at the same thing. I'm looking for a, a big man who does a job, who flicks it on to, yeah. a, to a nippy
0: Although, s- strike
1: partner, not winger, strike partner.
0: But if you look at Le Lecazette and Aubameyang, they remind me more of a Cole and York type yeah. scenario,
1: where Cole and York were quick
0: as and skillful. York played a little bit deeper and um, was a bit more creative, but they were... Just interchange they were te- telepathic though. Yeah. I
2: think it, for me that was one of the best uh, front pairings I've seen because I think the, the way you describe it is when it's a really good two up top they are better as a whole than they are as individual players and York and Cole for me epitomise that because neither of them were world beaters but they played up front for United when United were world beaters yes. because they c- could just play so well together. But, but,
1: then, but then here's the difference. York and Cole played in a four four two. Yes. And I I mean without looking through every formation that played this weekend, I'm gonna i I'm gonna scattergun and say I don't think there was a four four two played.
0: No. Oh no, there was a few. What for what Burnley, Cardiff? Burnley Cardiff?
1: I told you I wasn't going to look through every formation <laughs> all played. All played actual 4-4-2s. In actual 4-4-2. Yeah. So, so what, three teams played a three 4-4-2 teams, out yeah. of 20? Yeah,
0: I went through all the formations. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: three teams played a 4-4-2. Yeah. So, uh, so that's not the normal thing to do. No. no. But, but, but,
0: but it may be saying. Yeah. Maybe. I think what's going to happen Full over circle. the season, and I'll keep banging this drum and keep bringing it up, but I think it's going to happen more and more and more. And by the end of the season, we're going to see a lot of teams playing... Two strikes. I think so, you've
2: been saying this for two years, though. I'm just going to put no, it out there. No, about a year. it no. just been wanting
0: it.
1: So I would I would say looking at the results this this week, the most successful of those, it wasn't a Bamiang and like I said because we, they weren't playing a four four two. So Bamiang was on the wing slightly. It's probably Leicester. No. No. Burnley.
2: They won four nil.
1: And yeah, okay. Right, and, they won. And
2: It wasn't what I loved about that. It wasn't just well, we're going old fashioned. It wasn't just that they had two strikers playing as a partnership. It was the wingers. They had like uh, Goodmanson and Lennon. Lennon were brilliant. Lennon played the best game I think I've ever seen Aaron Lennon play. He, he does look, it one, one in twelve he games. Like he plays welfare. the best game. I was like, who is this guy? Okay, I I I
1: completely disagree <laughs> because so yeah. All right, they won four nil. Fine. Did wait, you watch wait, wait. the game? Before you disagree, did,
0: before you disagree, I need to let everyone know that in the end feature last week, <laughs> Rog bet on Burnley to win. Jeff, you bet on Bournemouth to win. And Burnley okay. won four uh, 0 uh, So, so with it,
1: without my prejudice against Roger and all his opinions, I believe that <laughs> Burnley scored four of the worst goals ever. <laughs> oh, they, were, they were ugly.
0: And which mean, more which means that
1: I'm not going to put their goals down to the fact that their four four two was better than Leicester's four four two. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. But it Leicester, didn't didn't real, Leicester
2: didn't play. Leicester didn't play. Did they play, play Acho and Vardy up front? No, no. No. So
0: Vardy played up front, and Acho played either behind, behind or wide, and they kind of wrote, but they rotated <clears> around. because Madison
2: has been playing centrally, but in this game he played on the left. Yeah. Well, I hope we'll
1: talk more about that Leicester game, but I think that Burnley should be ashamed of themselves for winning 4-0 that, that day. <laughs> I, I think that four goals of the lowest possible quality in the Premier League were sco- No, okay, three goals. One of their
2: goals, they should have been
1: a 1-0, 1-0 comfortable away. No, I think back,
2: because they rode their luck early, and I think Bournemouth could have had a couple of early goals, but then you sort of saw... Confidence coming into Burnley for the first time this year, and particularly when they scored. And in the second half, they could have scored more. They had a lot of chances. The second half. We're going
0: to uh, move on to next week's games, but before we do, does James Madison of Leicester deserve an England call-up? Absolutely. Yeah. I think he's just getting in the squad. Whatever. his free he's... kick was brilliant. And like, if you what the World Cup squad was lacking.
1: Um, was a creative,
0: make something happen player. Phil Foden and James
2: Merson.
1: Yeah, like. He's either uh, scored or assisted in his last four Premier League games, and he's only yeah. had five Premier League games. It's amazing. He's brilliant. We've spoke. We spoke about him a lot and we're going to keep talking about him because I think that kid is excellent. And he
2: looks like he's getting better and that's, for me, another reason why you put him in the England squad yeah. because he looks like a player who, as the level goes up, he, goes, he, up he goes up with it and that's the players you want. And so I think even if you're not going to play him, you put him in the squad and you get him involved in that early. Yeah. And
1: I'm just going to pour myself another glass of champagne and enjoy Jamie Vardy's chip. Oh, what a goal. Because... <laughs> is it a chip or a dink a dink oh it's a dink (laughs) it's a dink it's it's a sandwich. just so perfect uh,
0: before the sheds you mentioned Jeff. it is exactly like trying to score a goal on FIFA second functions shoot yeah Yeah. you go the run
1: through and you you can never get it right but it's just so wonderful I just think it's so perfect to watch and and I don't mean perfect like Man City like functional I mean like He's running and you think he's just left it too late. He's just yeah. fucked up, and the arrogance of the bugger. He's just like, No, "I'm gonna just." You're right. It's like a sandwich. It's like yeah. a sandwich out
2: of a bunker. I'm just gonna. Yeah. And there it goes. Oh, and it landed in the middle of the
1: goal. It's all well, like you cheeky.
2: You can almost imagine the ball like landing on a pillow or something. Yeah. <laughs> <That's no laughs> I just think it's the perfect oh. goal because again, he, he could have
1: squared it. Yeah, when you when you watch it, he he wasn't on his own. There was there was an easy side foot, and Aguario the team would have played the easy side foot, and I wouldn't have enjoyed it. It would have just been another goal in a five nil victory. Sterling would have scored. Yeah. Stats are up. Him. Who gives a fuck? Did you see but his a little
2: thing like that? Did you see Vardy's miss? Because I, I was disappointed because I thought that free kick from Madison was brilliant. I did haven't see? seen this so it's a little. It, you know, everyone's assuming it's going to be a shot. um by madison by madison um direct free free kick and he disguises it and does a little dink over the wall and then vardy's got a volley from about six yards out in the middle of the goal and he just dragged it but it just was the weight of the the dink to vardy was perfect so it would have been brilliant i have i've
0: heard about madison that he's a bit of a cocky bastard I think him and Vardy probably get on really really well they (laughs) They probably try those things they they try (laughs) those little dink
1: and volleys just to make someone else feel shit they went out in Leicester on Saturday night drinking vodka Red (laughs) (laughs) Bulls their motivation is not to score goals it's to make the goalie feel like a dickhead so as long as I score past you in a way that makes you feel crapper than you are (laughs) then I'm I'm winning
2: I'm enjoying James Madison and I think at the moment Jeff you have that one in the bag yeah he was your surprise player of the year wasn't he Yeah. yeah
0: Um, so going on to next weekend few games to look forward to
2: The big one obviously is
0: Chelsea-Liverpool um, I've got to say I'm just backing Liverpool here like, Same I just can't see any way other than Because Chelsea are pretty ropey at the back And they haven't actually played decent teams yet Apart from Arsenal Which aren't that great
2: And Arsenal should have won the game I just think Liverpool's front three could destroy
1: David Luiz Like I, I, I Totally agree with you, John, and I think that as we spoke about Chelsea for quite a bit before on on this week's shed, the team that is most equipped to expose their fragility is Liverpool. They play the perfect game against Chelsea. So so unless Chelsea, for some reason, are going to change their DNA for a single game, which they might do because Sarri's not an idiot but he might be and he might just try and do the same thing and if he does Liverpool are going to abuse them.
2: Yeah, Chelsea's best attack in Avenue is Alonso and Hazard on the left and that means Alonso overlapping with Hazard which means Alonso's going forward which means that you're leaving Mo Salah in 30 <laughs> yards of space. <laughs> like, Looking at David Luiz going, oh, to me, I got the, this. Yeah. To me, the biggest thing about the game though as well and you touched on it last week was Liverpool's midfield three whichever three it is at the moment are playing so well and as good as Kante is I can see Liverpool's midfield getting on top because I just think
0: pressure Jorginho and just don't let him have a chance on the ball
2: yeah I I think it'll be a good game and I think Chelsea will get a goal but yeah I'm think i with you I think Liverpool will win
1: do you you know the game I'm least looking forward to can I guess I'd love it we'll do this every week go on what game am I least looking forward to Cardiff Burnley no I'm actually quite excited about that
2: Man City Brighton Yes <laughs> Because what's the
1: point In that against gonna be, well, gonna be. Brighton
2: have have got a good record Against the big teams This oh, year like, It's going to be, by the... it's it's gonna gonna
1: be 5-0 It's going to be 5-0 It's just so arbitrary I, I've,
0: I'm, I'm more and more Getting in your camp <laughs> The Man City actually <laughs> shit <laughs> I'm leaning more and more This way Because <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got Like of all the Three o'clock games I've got no desire To watch the Man City Brighton Why Why would you because what you know, a complete waste of time that was basically be. Brighton just go well, we'll just stand here and defend Man City will do something amazing win 5-0
1: great you might as well just watch a YouTube highlight reel about stuff
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've kind of mentioned the Man United West Ham game um, is there any other games that anyone's looking I
1: think to? that West Ham might get something from this game I've not done it as my bet of the week but I do feel like again I think that we've probably written West Ham off it too early just like yeah. the rest of the pundits in this world and I think that they looked they look like they should have beaten Arsenal when they lost against Arsenal. They deserved their win against Everton. That's a fact. And they out, out. I'm not going to say outplayed Chelsea, but their strategy was the perfect strategy against Chelsea. And and you'd say that Uniteds are fragile because they're very predictable.
2: Yeah, is a big miss for West Ham. Is he out injured? Yeah. Yeah. So I just think without Ananovich or Chickpea or Andy Carroll. They, I mean they played I and mean, the car was coming back they, soon they, they played soon? Yeah. they played Antonio up front against yeah. it was Antonio switching with the Malenko did he start as a right Chelsea. back Mikel Antonio he's basically he's played, he played everywhere yeah. <laughs> but um, I just think that if Vinaovic was playing I'd say maybe yes but I, to me I think this will be a functional Man United
1: win it's really going to be really uninspiring but I think West Ham might get something the other game that I was kind of interested in is Arsenal-Watford,
2: purely because... The Deeney factor. The Troy
0: Deeney loves playing against yeah. Arsenal. <laughs> he and does. Last season he came out and was just like, well, they just looked a bit scared, so I thought I'd just go and get involved and make, give him a hard time.
1: He's got and, three broken toes though at the moment, Troy Deeney. Has he really? <laughs> he's got three broken toes. He says that he's only got two because one's healed, but I mean, the way he says it, he doesn't sound like a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and the way he said, it, "Oh, he goes, oh, it's nothing that a quick injection won't heal." I'm like, "No, Troy, injections don't they heal lose. things. Uh, <laughs> like, it's that's not how away. it works. It's you, like, oh, a paracetamol will <laughs> heal my <a> broken arm. <laughs> they
2: <it> won't, Troy. <laughs> like, Did you um, see what uh, Czech has come out in the week and said about Arsenal? No, in, the, in under the that he felt like it was more about the way that the team plays rather than the winning results yeah. yeah wow um i don't like that mm. that's i always struggled with arson a bit particularly towards the end because yeah. when it worked it was great but i mean ha- like it worked what one season in 25 yeah and, and it was the perfect they season. should have won the
0: league when Leicester won the league yeah like if, if they were a bit more brutal about it they would have yeah. won the league Um, Let's move on to side stories. Um, First side story is Maxim Choupo-Moting, who's back from last week. Friend of the shed. Friend of the shed. His name, or picture, is going to go on the wall this week. Oh, yes! Maxim! So Maxim will go on the wall. And he scored his first goal for PSG this week. I saw that, yeah. They won 3-0. He came on the last 10 minutes and scored a goal. It is bizarre. So uh, Maxo Choupo-Moting will be on the shed wall. Um... Anyone else got any side stories? I
1: do. So we've spoken a bit about Bottle Wanderers in the last few weeks because yeah. of their debt crisis. You know, so a few yeah. weeks back we brought up that their creditors were going to uh, call them in and they were going to be deducted points. Then last week they were saved. And they were saved, and we put that down to the actual the bank, the institution. We said, "Oh, the, the institution is you yeah. know whatever." Listen to last week. So we'll waste your time repeating <laughs> myself. Um, but actually, that's not what happened. Oh. Um, you know, Eddie Davis. No. No. So Eddie Davis was the former Bolton owner when Bolton were in the Premier League. Yeah, okay. So he was the 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 patriarch. For, yeah, of yeah, the, of yeah. the, the rich the, guy. Yeah, the, the, the bloke who did it. Yeah. Eddie Davis died um, on the... Uh, I think the 12th or 13th of September. <coughs> so a few Recently, weeks back. Yeah. And four days before he died, he lent Bolton Wanderers Football Club 5 million pounds.
2: Wow. wow how so, incredible is that and that's that? how they managed to come, to the, managed
1: with... to, come to the deal Shit. so he gave the club five million to help him avoid administration four days before he actually popped it um
0: that's incredible and
1: uh the documents were filed with a company's house that registered the loan and then he died which means didn't have to repay it
2: wow what, an, what an amazing he probably, thing he probably knew that was uh, abs- yeah, abs- abs- absolutely
1: like... right um And all of the money was used to pay off the main creditors. And 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 what's, you know, what firstly, what an amazing gesture. But considering the last two or three sheds, we've we've worked with this story. You know, (laughs) know, we spoke about them being docked points. We spoke about their heyday in the Premier League, and that was before this happened. And then we spoke about the creditors and going, oh, well, they must have seen sense. And then to think that this week the story comes out that this guy saved the day this guy actually just, just went in four days before he died and when he goes five million pounds like, like, I don't want to see you go into he's administration going to is he <laughs> an, an amazing story heartwarming yeah. story and I think that Bolt Wanderers fans are going to that's amazing that's, yeah. that's what well, special hopefully
0: about football stay up. Yeah. They going all right yeah, right? they're going so alright so. um, we're running slowly at a time and we've got to move on to end feature Roger have you got any uh, side stories you want to bring up first
2: I do uh, we talked about Ravenelli last week this uh, the, the Roger Ravinelli yeah, roundup. he's, R- been, sa- he's been sacked oh, really? uh, so, so, so the Ravinelli updates are over but <laughs> that was it. I'm going to change sports I just saw something that I thought was really bizarre the Cleveland Browns who are
0: we, we mentioned the Cleveland Browns why did we mention did the we, they
2: are the worst so they're Is an they, NFL team yeah they're really bad um, they won their they first the, the, first game at the weekend the Browns John Yeah, Browns yeah. that's the best name they could it think of up, but, yeah. I mean
1: it's it's American franchise sport you can think of any name you fucking like you can be a wizard Is a, a sorcerer you can be the Cleveland sorcerers
2: <laughs> the Cleveland supermen they're the Browns yeah, it's anyway, inspiring. they won a yeah. game it was their first game they won in 635 days wowsers so but, over two years yeah you know, two and a bit years two and a bit years. And, one and a bit years but do you know the bit that surprised me more was they've only played 19 games in that time NFL like, is not that many <laughs> what a crap sport what a crap sport There's 635 days and I was like wow they must be really bad and then I was like oh 19 games that's a
0: bit so We've... that was your whole side story is just that NFL's crap yeah yeah good oh <laughs> great um, <laughs> have you got a song for us friend feature, of Jeff yeah you ready Yeah. That's, that's a new one. Is
2: that a new one? Do you, no. Do you no, know it, it goes set, up? It just... was quite smooth this week. I noticed it on the intro as well. Like just you know. Yeah. I tell you what. I've been I've been practicing my guitar skills for for this. <laughs> um,
0: currently in the end feature, um, well, Rog won again in ah, the uh, Jeffy yeah. Rodge Derby, and also for Chelsea winning both halves. So Rog won sixty five dollars this week. Sixty nine dollars. Um, Jeff and I both lost. So Again. the current standings: as Rogers won two hundred and ten dollars, I've won thirty-seven, and Jeff's won seventeen. <laughs> so, as a combined team of the shed, we're up. We're up. But that's how it worked last year. All you need to do,
1: all we need to do, is get to the end of the season and know that if everyone had bet on all of our bets, that they would have been making a profit. Yes. So currently, Rog is our sugar daddy. bitch <laughs> Yes, um, got up our game, Jeff. Yeah.
0: Um, so, what does everyone have for this week? I
1: have gone for the... Uh, it's it's two legs. Um, I think that Everton are going to beat Fulham, but I think that Fulham are definitely going to score. I've, I've bought into the old clean sheet fiasco, and I, I don't think yep. that Marcus Hill is going to keep one, but I think that Everton are going to score more goals than Fulham, which means they'll win the game of football. Yep. I also think that Burnley will beat Cardiff.
0: Yeah, okay. So you're back in Burnley after after last week. Last
1: week. Now, because I told you, Burnley, you're fickle,
0: Jeff, you're fickle. <laughs> Look, <laughs> now, I'm on board Burnley. Burnley.
2: are back. But it,
1: it's a, it's comparative, isn't it? So, so Burnley scored four of the worst goals ever. Three of
2: the worst goals ever it's and one of was okay. Ugly game of It,
1: it will be shit but Burnley going to
2: beat Burnley. Yeah. Gonna I be think Cardiff are possibly um, the worst Premier League team in a long time.
1: That is paying $9. What ooh, what Everton and how many goals? <laughs> Just both teams to score, Everton to win, yeah, yeah, and then Burnley to beat Cardiff. Well,
0: good bet. Hopefully, we'll get you back in it, Rod. What have you gone for? You, you, you've been real smug about your bet this week. Yeah. Kind of on the WhatsApp. Couple it days is ago, a oh, banker, a great one
2: absolute banker this week. Gone. Uh, I've also gone Burnley to beat Cardiff. Oh yeah, but there's going to be one and a half goals in the game. <laughs> It'll be two 0 to Burnley. Uh, and I've got Liverpool to beat Chelsea with some goals. So Liverpool to beat Chelsea in over two and a half. Uh, it's paying $14.30. I hope that doesn't come What? <laughs> <laughs> that well, sounds well, unreasonable. No, sorry. Uh, I'm wrong, actually. It's paying $16. Ah. Oh. I... Oh no, no, he's wrong It's paying $18 Keep going Keep well, going Highest bidder $20 It's paying $20 Raj? No,
1: $16 It's quite
0: yeah. interesting though That I have actually bet Half of Jeff's bet And half of your bet So I've bet Liverpool to win And over two and a half goals And Everton to win And over one and a half goals Oh wow So, wow. A
2: so we could all win this week so... That would be exciting wouldn't it No as long as you
0: lose it's not (laughs) it's fine
1: and that's paying uh, just over seven bucks so they're all big this week all big bets can we announce next week's uh, bet feature
0: yeah so next week what we're going to do we haven't decided exactly how it's going to work yet um, but the end feature is going to carry on because it's great but we're going to ring fence it so we might pick a game or two games and decide that we've only got a bet on that game or something within that game so a result or a goals or goal scorer Um, and we'll also put it on Facebook so people can get involved and chuck their bets in and go no I reckon it's going to be this so So
1: for example if it was this week and we were going to be betting on game of the week Man City Brighton and Hove Albion everyone who listens and us would have to decide the best bet for that game yes. to win the most money for that game am which would I correct? Man City minus four <laughs> which would be Man <laughs> City turn the telly off yes
0: <laughs> but yeah exactly so we'll either do it a game or we might change it each week we'll play around with it um, but we'll put it up on Facebook so everyone can get involved um, and we'll do that from next week Great. Has um, anyone got anything else before My we bet
2: will be remote next week. You guys will be on date night. Oh, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll send my bet in.
1: Uh, conference, Soil conference. <laughs> Exciting times for you, Rog. <laughs> have have, have a, a look behind the curtain.
2: Wait, <laughs> the the in, International Convention Centre in Sydney. <laughs> so what, what, what
1: will you be discussing next week, Rog? What hard-hitting uh, events I'm are, going are going to i going to EcoForum, Jeff. EcoForum, where yeah. you discuss soil. Among other things. And yes. the soil and the things you can do with soil. Contamination, we'll be going through contamination. Yeah, oh yeah, lots of contamination. Lots of contamination. What about devices used to lift soil? No. Spades? <laughs> Diggers? <laughs> Any kind of, you know, soil vessel? I'm going to let uh, Jeff carry on talking about soil. Thanks bucket. for listening, everyone.
0: Buckets? Buckets? <laughs> <laughs> a fork. Shut up, Jeff. We'll be back in the shed for next week. Before we go, Get in contact with us. Email us at footballsharedpodcast at gmail.com Send us an email. Send us an email. Find us on social media and we will be back next week. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Bye. Bye. Trow? A trowel? (laughs) Just the boot of your car. The
3: boot of your car? What's that?